welcome to another episode of You Do What? The podcast where I interview my comedian friends about their traditions and rituals. My name is Cindy Aravina. This week on the podcast, I have comedian Dave Gregory. Dave can be found on Instagram and Twitter at I am Dave Gregory. And he's got a podcast coming out very soon called You Gotta Be Kidney. So definitely check that out. I think I'm the first guest on it. It's a lot of fun. Um, this week, Dave and I talk about building model cars, doing paint by number, and acapella. So I hope you enjoy. Yeah, uh, I started started building model cars when I was uh, about, uh, I want to say 12. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, because uh, I grew up... I grew up uh, Seventh-day Adventist, mm-hmm. and so on Saturdays, I couldn't watch cartoons, I couldn't do anything, so, but I was like, well, uh, I'll take, you You know, he went to Walmart, and he bought me, like, a model car, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really cool. It was a, uh, it was a Hyundai. I, I know I probably <laughs> mispronounced it, but you know which one yeah. I'm talking about. It was a hatchback. Oh, really? Yeah. That's and, so cool. Uh, Did it open? It didn't open, uh-huh. but it had, uh... It had an electric motor in it, mm-hmm. so oh. so you could drive it when you know when you built when you assembled it completely. That's so dope. Yeah, and um, and like I was like, oh, that's cool, and I think it took me like forever to make it just because you know I was like eleven, mm-hmm. you know, and and the skill level was for like somebody a little older than me, mm-hmm. and so uh, I built it, and then like I remember it just like not really looking good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, it doesn't look anything like the actual car. <laughs> and I realized that they have a picture of the actual car, not the model on the box. Oh, okay. So that's what pissed me <laughs> off. You know? Yeah, that's such a yeah. bait and switch. Like, eh. Dude, you know, it's funny because, like, uh, growing up, a lot of products did that. Like, mm-hmm. especially Nintendo games. Oh, yeah. Like, you see, like, a cool Rambo picture and you look at the video game and it's this, like, shitty... 16-bit character right i'm like this is nothing like the cover of anyways um so i was like 11 so i was like in fifth or sixth grade mm-hmm. at the time and then um it was eighth grade um i there was an actual model car building class mm-hmm. and uh i remember i was like yeah i gotta get into that one so i i joined that class and I built a Ford Fairlane 500. Oh, fancy. Yeah. What year? Uh, it was like 50s model. Okay. Yeah. Very and, cool. Uh, the reason they call it 500 is because the engine was 500 cubic centimeters. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like a like a station wagon-esque, you know. And so, like, uh, I... So I, these weren't all necessarily, like, the sports cars. These were, no. like, family cars you were building. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was... I didn't really have a preference, you yeah. know. I I I, uh, I wanted I wanted I the more complicated the better. That's yeah. that's what I noticed. That that was interest me more. It was, mm-hmm. it was if it was more complicated. I did build uh, a more complicated. I did build a sports car. I built uh, actually before that I built a, a Dodge Viper. Oh, cool. Yeah, and the Viper body hasn't changed much at all throughout the years. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about Vipers, they're really impractical sports cars. Mm-hmm. Because the, <laughs> there's twelve cylinder engine, which is like ridiculously That's insane. Huge. Yeah, yeah. No it's, one needs that many cylinders. It's, it's super big. Yeah, and the thing is, is that like uh, the engine is so heavy that uh, you don't. The good thing is you don't have issues like with the with the car lifting up because a lot of times, like with uh, older like cars that have a lot of torque, mm-hmm. the the engine will like lift up. Oh, okay. The car will the whole car will lift up because the torque is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And with the with the Viper, it doesn't matter because I mean that engine is like stupid heavy. Yeah. You know, and uh, but yeah, I built that, and I remember just being really bad at doing body work. You know, like uh, basically they would like give you, cause my okay, my dad, it was so weird because my dad is like one of those people that's always been like good at everything, mm-hmm. and so I expected to be like him. Okay. At like <laughs> you know twelve and thirteen. Right. And so he. He showed me how to put a decal on the Viper, mm-hmm. and it was like, uh, he's like, yeah, you just put the, you know, the decal paper in the water, and you just wait till it, like, lifts up, take some tweezers, and then just like, oh, yeah, that's simple. He's like, you do the other one, and I did it, and it was, like, all lopsided. Oh, no. You know, <laughs> it had that little, like, pinch in it. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was so mad, and I was like, dude, this thing sucks, and then... <laughs> um, 
And then uh, the good thing he did is that he spray painted the body for me. Oh, nice. Yeah, which was cool. What color? Uh, blue. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think it was either it was blue. Yeah. Was that your favorite color at the time? Uh, uh no, I don't. I don't think I. I actually de- like, like had a favorite color. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it was just because it was the color of the car in the box. Oh, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, <laughs> so it was kind of like close to that, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Because the other car I painted by hand, and it looked like shit. What kind of paint did you use? Uh, the uh, the Asters. I think it's Asters. It's a it's the, you get like a like a set. Oh, does it come buy. with the model? No, you have to buy a set. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Is it like metal paint? Uh, it depends on the model. Okay. Um, it's usually acrylic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the, the acrylic paint is uh is good for the plastic because it's plastic, it's acrylic, and uh, acrylic. And and then I learned a lot about like the kind of glue they use because mm-hmm. the glue is not an actual glue, it's a melting uh, solvent. Oh, like an epoxy kind of. Yeah, it's okay. an epoxy exactly. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that it's a, uh, it melts the plastic, mm-hmm. the acrylic, and that's what so it binds the part together. Oh, neat. So like, and I didn't know that. So once they're together, that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> did you have some fucked up looking models? Oh my god, did I? <laughs> yeah, because my problem is that like, uh, have you seen the way models come? Yeah, they're all in like in, in individual pieces. Yeah, and like you know those the uh, the parts, they uh, they they come like when you get like like the like the engine and stuff like that. They come in trees. They call them trees. Yeah. And oh, I, oh hi. snap! I didn't know she was in here. <laughs> you cool with cats? Yeah, I love cats. I had no idea she was in here. Otherwise, yeah, I would have thrown her I out. I really like cats. If she gets in our way, I can throw her out. But no, you're good, yeah, man. She's a sweetie. She loves people. But um, yeah, the um, what is it? So like it would just glue it together, and the problem is I would I would paint the uh, I would paint the parts on the tree, mm-hmm. and then when I would glue it together, it would unglue it would glue un unlike un, uneven, uh-huh. and then I'd have to like pull them apart, and then the the paint would rip off, and it was oh shoot it was a mess, dude. Yeah, and then uh, did you stop like painting them onto the tree after that? No, I kept doing you it. You kept doing it. Yeah, like an idiot, like because just because. But I think what I would do is that I wouldn't paint where I was gluing. Mm-hmm. I would paint around it just because it's easier to paint on the tree. Yeah, that's why I kept painting on a tree, because like when you paint on a tree, you're not you're not holding the piece and waiting for it to dry and stuff. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that was, and then um, I think uh, I don't remember the last one. I think I built like I started get you know it's funny I started getting into like more complicated like mm-hmm. things and I wanted to. But they started getting like expensive, and my dad is like Hooper cheap, you know. How yeah. Are, yeah. And so he's like, I paid money for that shit. And so <laughs> I just kind of like, yeah, I, I kind of let it go. And then uh, at the same time, I was doing paint by number. Right, right. And, uh, and that was also shitty. <laughs> Why? Because, <laughs> because like, uh, I was, you know, I, my dexterity was bad, you mm-hmm. know, and like, and my dad, he was good at it. Yeah. But I was shitty and I just wouldn't finish it. Yeah. And he and then he stopped buying it. He was like, You ain't gonna finish it while I'm a butt. He's like and then because I would <laughs> the paint by numbers were so cool though. Mm-hmm. Like they I don't even know if they even have those like that, like the hand paint by number. Well they I used to work at Michael's for a long time, like yeah. ten years ago and they mm-hmm. had them then. Yeah, they I like I would totally do it again because mm-hmm. like I'm right now. I'm looking for a hobby to get into that's yeah. like not comedy because mm-hmm. you know comedy like all the time, all the time, all the time. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, else. it's uh, but yeah, I um, I remember the first one I did was the uh, what do you call that? It's like the old way, the old plumbing system. I call it a plumbing system, but you see in like cottage countries where they have this wheel that goes in the water. Oh, like the mill. Yeah, the yeah. mill. It was a mill. And like, and it was like, there was like a mill in front of like this barn mm-hmm. and like the picture that I saw like on the box was beautiful. And then I did it and it was like all blotchy. Oh no. Yeah. Because I would, I would put too many thick blotches oh, on there. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know how to pace my paint. I don't know. Whatever, whatever the phrase is. What kind of paint was used for paint by numbers? It was, they came, they gave those came paint. with one, yeah, right? Like the paint. crappy little. Um, it was like little plastic stuck together, yeah. and then they gave you a little <laughs> brush that was like it was a little brush you can do, and uh, yeah. And so, what's funny is that I found all this stuff at Walmart. Oh, neat. Yeah, I never went to an art or mm-hmm. a art store. Yeah, so I found this at Walmart. But yeah, that that was uh, that was that, and um, and 
that was a lot of fun. I, I, I did, I would do, I'm trying to think if I finished any of them. I probably did. I don't mm-hmm. remember. But I remember getting halfway through it just getting bored because, you know, like I had like hella ADD, man. Right. And you're yeah. like, oh, this painting's not even halfway done and I yeah. don't even have an interest in this right now. Dude, you know what sucks now is that like uh, since my since my vision is like hella bad, mm-hmm. like I would give anything to have that vision to be able to do the that like again with like no problem right yeah, it yeah. Was, it's such small details too because yeah. you're creating like this nice looking thing yeah and I'm just, yeah it was yeah it was uh, yeah I mean paint by number is such a genius concept mm-hmm. you know and I never really looked much into it after that but I remember I remember I was really like in the arts mm-hmm. but I was also in the sports but definitely in the arts man arts is like my thing you know what I'm saying and uh and I actually want to get back involved with uh what do you call it? Uh, model cars. Yeah, that'd yeah, be dope. I, that's something I've been because it's like that's something I've been thinking about like a lot lately. I mm-hmm. think it'd be a good hobby, but there, it's kind of expensive because mm-hmm. it's about fifty twenty bucks for the car itself. Yeah, they're not cheap. Yeah, and then you got to then another fifteen twenty bucks for the paint. Then you got to think another like maybe five to seven bucks for the for the epoxy or the glue. And then like uh, and then yeah and so it it, it it adds up I mean you're spending like 40 50 bucks for one car right you know so yeah yeah it's definitely not a cheap hobby I remember people always like using coupons specifically to get their kids the model cars or for themselves oh people would get the model cars yeah though? yeah oh that's cool those were very popular and then when they would go on sale people would like have like a field day just getting all the cars they could there's something really cool about like the the box and then uh, it's funny because like I feel there's probably like a uh, a subculture. Mm-hmm. I, I need to check Reddit out. It's yeah, probably, there's, there's probably, probably a paint by yeah. numbers and a model car. Something. Yeah, definitely dude. a model car one. But I would yeah, be interested yeah. to see the paint by numbers one. <laughs> no, I'm definitely gonna check that out. Uh-huh. Yeah, because like that. It probably that, has some really pretty work on there too. Yeah, man. Like there was a dude in my class because I think it was in the seventh or eighth grade. Mm-hmm. His name was Giovanni, and he was like a, a Spanish dude. Mm-hmm. And he was like, like he was like a quote unquote thug. I mean, I thought this should be in eighth grade. But like, <laughs> this dude was so talented with his cars. Like he would buy like a regular car mm-hmm. and then cholo it out. That's so awesome. Like, dude, how the hell do you cholo <laughs> a model car, yeah, dude? Like chrome rims. It had and like planes. yeah, it had rims. It had like it had like it had, he had one with a system in it. I'm like, dude. It was so dope. I was like, I was just thrown off. I'm like, me and this basic ass car, <laughs> and you got this thing. I was like, dude, how do you do this, bro? He was like his own pimp your ride. Dude, I gave him so much props, and this mm-hmm. is like in like, this is way before pimp your ride. So yeah. like, the dude, oh my god, like I, I'm still like amazed. You yeah. know, I'm like this kid was an artist. Wow, I wonder what like, he's up to now. Uh, he's probably dead. I don't know. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was a pretty. I'm not saying that to be like pejorative, but like he, he like. Uh, he was like really into some crazy stuff, oh, okay. you know. Like he, yeah. And so hopefully he's like, he's cleaned up his act. Maybe he like, he like starts doing that professionally, like yeah. with like real cars and stuff. But dude, the fact the way he was like, because he would be so meticulous, and, mm-hmm. and I just didn't have the patience. Yeah. You know, and like because me, I'm like, a, um, I'm not trying to sound like haughty or anything like that, but I've always been like really quick to pick things up. Mm-hmm. So taking my times times with things have never been has never been like a like my favorite thing. If right. I don't pick it up quick, I'm on to the next mm-hmm. one, you know. And that's why I think same thing with school. When math as soon as math got more complicated, I kind of like let it go. Yeah, you know, it's not like I couldn't do it. I just like I was like, well, I can't pick it up fast enough, mm-hmm. and I just because and so anything else I could pick up fast, I was fine with. But that I, I was just like, but yeah, he would be so meticulous. Like he would take the body home and. He would paint it and then like airbrush it. Oh wow! You know he was serious about this. Yeah, he painted, let it. Yeah, because he wants to get a good grade and mm-hmm. then, and then, uh, and then he would airbrush. You know, like designs and stuff in it. And I was just like, dude, because I know they didn't sell cars like that. Right. Probably now, but back then they didn't mm-hmm. sell cars like that. They sold them basic. I was like, you sell, yeah, but dude, that was like, oh, man, that was impressive. I mean, he was like, you know, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. No, and he was probably 16 in the eighth grade, so. Maybe. Yeah, you never know, man. But, yeah, I I, uh, I don't know what kind of car I'd build right now, but yeah. I definitely want to get back into it. Do you remember, like, the weirdest car you ever had to build? Um, 
Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was weird until after I started building other cars because it was my first car. The weirdest car I built was the Hyundai. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because most cars come in a basic like uh, gray, mm-hmm. so it's they're easy to paint and stuff like that. But the Hyundai came in red. Oh. Yeah, it was already all, painted. Mm-hmm. Everything was red, even the mm-hmm. engine parts. It's like it was just weird. Yeah, it's like I'm running, riding around like a blood. It was stupid, <laughs> you know, but yeah, it was. That's probably the weirdest thing. Um, I wanted to build an engine because they even had like that's where like you can actually like build an engine like that, and it was too expensive. But I never got into it. And there were other things I wanted to get into, but uh, I just it never happened. I wonder. Yeah, it never happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. How long would it usually take you to finish, like, a one car? car? Um, if I, like, it would take me, in the class, it took me, like, mm, like maybe, like, four weeks. Okay. Which is, which is pretty fast. Because mm-hmm. you want to take your time with it, man. Because what you want to do is, like, uh, the more time you take with it, the better the, better the product for the most part. You know, so what you want to do is like, um, a lot of times if it, you want to customize things, you know, make it like when my dad spray painted a body mm-hmm. and that's not, they don't say, they don't tell you to do it. Um, because a lot of times, uh, it's with acrylic, it's tough because if you spray paint, depending on what kind of paint you use, you can actually melt the body. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because acrylic is like insanely sensitive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so you want to make sure you have like a, an acrylic based paint or acrylic safe paint to paint it and then you let it sit for like you gotta let it sit in a certain area and make sure it doesn't get stuck to something and stuff like that so I mean it's it's a uh, so yeah it would take about four four weeks uh, I'm sorry no like two weeks oh two I, weeks yeah, okay the average person it took a like you know three to four weeks but for me I did it in two weeks that's why it came out damn because yeah. you know, the thing is at the end of at the end of the project you can see the car and it would be like all blotchy with like uh, you know, like like glue dents in it and stuff like that. Yeah, and so it was, it, it would be pretty bad. But uh, I you know I ended up like learning how to stop doing that. I ended up having patience with that and stuff. The cool thing about it is that the better you got with painting detail, the more you can show with your car because what they did is that like with the uh, like with the Viper, so to speak. Uh, the engine comes up back. The hood comes up backwards. It doesn't come up the, the regular way. It comes right. up like backwards. And the thing is, you can open it, and then you can prop it up, and people can look at the all the all the stuff inside. They can see like the way you paint the engine and stuff like that. And uh, there was a time where I got my buddy into building model cars. Oh yeah. Yeah, and he was like a chrome fanatic. <laughs> so he everything was, was chrome. He was hella into chrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, he was tasteful with it, but yeah. like. He's the one that got me into Chrome. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, dude, that's cool. And so we started, we would paint like the, uh, I should know this stuff because my dad's a mechanic. Um, I want to say the throttle body. Mm-hmm. It's, I was probably not the throttle body, but basically you'll see the top of an engine. It looks like the valve the valve piece. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. but like Not really. <laughs> okay, basically. They're, they're, the people they're, will know. Okay, yeah. Basically, it's the top of the engine. Mm-hmm. And uh, on on like a Viper, and it, you see like all these metal pipes, and they look they look real because of the, because of the chrome painting. Oh wow! You know that's and, super cool. Yeah, in real life they wouldn't do that. You wouldn't put chrome on an engine because that's yeah. Yeah, it's just not. <laughs> it's just not practical. Yeah. Nobody's gonna see it like that. Exactly, and know? it would get dirty so fast too. Oh, hella dirty, man! So just be yeah. pointless. Yeah, you put chromes on like tires and like you know uh, the things you tie. You know the yeah, you, yeah, you put chromes on tires. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was that was that. And then um, I think uh, the first car I had was weird because no other car came like that. It never came with like a little engine, and also the little car I had came with a little person inside. Oh really? Yeah. What did the person look like? I don't. He was red. So, he was red too. Yeah, he was red. Too. He, <laughs> he was, had he a was, bunch of red plastic. Yeah, it was just a box of red stuff. Yeah, and then I think, I think because Japanese people made that one. Oh okay. Yeah, and so they always make things weird. Mm-hmm. You know, but like it was like, uh, yeah, he was a racer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was, 
Because looking back, I can't tell if he was, like, Asian. Yeah. Because usually he's either Asian or white. Yeah. You know? And so you don't really see black characters in Japanese things that much. But, yeah. Yeah, which is weird. A lot of black people love anime, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, brothers love anime, Mm -hmm. especially, like, uh, yeah, especially brothers, like, black dudes, like, from, like born from like 85 on up they, mm-hmm. they're like heavy into it yeah actually no let me take that back my cousin <laughs> was into it oh was he older yeah he's like 40 something oh, okay yeah yeah he's uh he was into voltron which is which is anime essentially mm-hmm. yeah i couldn't stand voltron yeah did you ever miss tv when you were building the models and doing paint by numbers uh no no you just no. got used to it yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah because uh because I got accustomed to not watching TV mm-hmm. on Saturdays, man. Friday nights and Saturdays. Like, I, I've never... It's going to sound weird, but I've never... Uh, I've never seen a Saturday morning cartoon on a Saturday okay. morning. Okay. In your whole life? On a Saturday morning. Okay. Yeah, my dad would record him and then, like, you know... Oh, during the week playing? Yeah, yeah. And or, well, Sundays you could watch it, right? Oh, yeah. Sundays yeah. I'd spend all day. Because Saturday yeah. was... Oh, uh, but I, I... Yeah. Sundays I didn't like Sundays because... Monday was the next right. day. Yeah, I mean it was it was interesting. So um I um I grew up on acapella music. Mm-hmm. Uh one of the first groups I listened to was King Chapel's Quartet. Mm-hmm. And uh at the same time I was listening to this group named Take Six. Okay. Uh Take Six, the guy who uh one of the people who in that group, uh his brother's name is uh his brother's Brian McKnight. Oh, no way. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I'm actually friends with all of these guys on Mm -hmm. Facebook, like, because we all grew up in the same denomination. That's another story. Anyways, um, I started listening, like, I started really getting an acapella. uh, Just, I always, it was always a genre I listened to, mainly because my dad wouldn't let me listen to hip hop. Okay. Yeah, he was one of those, he's like, you ain't listening to that shit and all that cussing and shit. Like, who (laughs) says that? (laughs) You know, but like, he, uh, you know, so I would listen to like, acapella but I really liked it though mm-hmm. you know and like Glad was another group oh my god Glad they were uh, originally a progressive rock band mm-hmm. that changed genres and, and that's the story they became acapella to Christian acapella? yeah they, okay. yeah and the thing is is that their style I used to call them the white take six mm-hmm. because their harmonies are so tight and like they use a lot of like uh a lot of jazz chords. Yeah. Them, and, oh my God, it's beautiful. And uh, and I would like sing along with it. And then uh, I didn't know that I could sing. Mm-hmm. And then um, my voice literally changed overnight. From child to man. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was like maybe eleven. It was I was eleven or twelve. Yeah. And I used to have a tape of me the day before I changed. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> what did you sound like? I mean, I still had, like, kind of, like, some timbre to my voice, mm-hmm. but, like, I wish I still had the tape. Yeah. And, like, basically it was me and my cousins. We were, like, just being stupid, and I used to do this laugh where I would go, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I would, like, screech really high, uh-huh. and then, like, the next day I couldn't do it. I never had the whole, like, the screech. Yeah, yeah, never, that never happened. Interesting. But, like, yeah, and then my, my cousin... My cousin, uh, that was when my cousin introduced me to uh, jerking off. I because <laughs> he kept saying it. I'm like, what the hell is that? Right. You know. Anyways, I really was... like, I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> well, because <laughs> <laughs> like the next, because the day you're like, you're oh like yeah, a child yeah, 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 like, yeah, I don't, I don't, feel I don't like play anymore, kickball. man. I didn't notice that my voice changed. Oh, okay. Other people yeah. noticed though. Uh, no, it was. I think it was very gradual. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, um, I started. I think I really noticed it is when I started, like, because when we go to church, we would listen to, like, acapella tapes. Mm-hmm. And I would sing along with the bass because I stopped singing with the high part. Like, there yeah. was this, there's a song called Getaway Jordan by Take Six and uh, Claude McKnight. Sing, he, he, he does this part where he goes, at the end of the song, he's like, and he's just, like, really, and I used to hit it, like, with no problem. And then, like, one day in church, I'm just, I couldn't do it. <laughs> And I was let me try to hit the bass. And yeah. Because those are the easiest notes to pick up because they're the most prevalent. And uh, yeah, I I, um, I, uh, I really got into it. And then I tried getting my cousins and I to start an acapella group. Yeah. This is embarrassing, all right? Because I'm usually not that embarrassed. 
but there is a tape, a videotape <laughs> that is in existence <laughs> that my mother has in her possession somewhere of me, my three cousins singing Joy to the World a cappella at a restaurant. No. As a, as way. a performance. <laughs> My mom made us perform. <laughs> Just like you guys were out at dinner, and she was like, "Hey, can you?" It guys- was. Uh, she she used to have like she had like a like a Christmas party mm-hmm. at like this place called Stacy's Buffet. Oh, okay. And like it was like family and friends, like a bunch of people. We rented a room out and stuff. Oh my and god! And she made us all like get together and sing. I don't know if that's worse or better than singing to strangers. It was it was a bunch of friends and family. Yeah. And like oh, like we, it was so embarrassing because like none even of at us the time had, you felt embarrassed. I was so scared. Yeah. But I was the I was the more uh eager one to do it though. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, let's just do it. Was know? it your first time performing in front of people? Uh yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was like twelve, yeah. Look at you now. Right? <laughs> so um we sang Joy to the World and my mom arranged it. She arranged the song. And it was such a mom thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> and like uh I kinda wish she kinda kept doing things like that, but she she stopped like like, not that specifically, but just, like, mom things. You right. Know? And so she got a little more business-oriented. And But anyways, she uh, she basically, she had me and my cousin sing the first verse and my co- my other two cousins sing the second verse, and then we sing the last verse together. And, uh, dude, it was so bad. <laughs> and what made it even worse, what made it even worse is my dad is a professional singer. Oh, yes. And had nothing to do... <laughs> had nothing to do with us singing or, like, helping us come over. He's like, niggas can't sing. Get that shit out of here. <laughs> he didn't say that, but he just... It's just, like... It was you just could, so funny. You could tell what he was thinking. I, yeah, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I was just, like... And then... Um, it wasn't until, like... Uh, I went to high school. My, my I went to high school. My freshman in high school. My roommate... Uh, Jonathan Johnson, uh, he he um, he was he came up to me. He was like, "Yeah, man, I came from choir." I'm like, "What are you gay? <laughs> Stupid choir, John." He's like, "Yeah, but those girls in here are fine." I'm like, "Dude, let me go with you tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I went with him the next day to uh, to choir. Mm-hmm. I think it was that day. The next day, and I saw Miss Murphy. She's she's like has a huge like impact on my music career. And I went to Miss Murphy, and um, and she was like, "What part do you sing?" I was like, "I, I don't know." She's like, "Go yeah. in the bass section," uh-huh. and I was like, "All right." And so I went to the bass section, and I didn't realize I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to sing at all, and uh, she and I'm just singing, and everything I was singing was like low. Yeah. She's like, "No, you got to sing like you not all parts are low. You got to mm-hmm. sing there," and I'm like, "Okay, okay." So like. I would move up, and I advanced like almost like exponentially. Yeah, yeah, like uh, I was you just had I, a natural inclination for that. Yeah, I, I became the strongest uh, bass in that in that choir, and uh, and then um, the following year, because uh, I always had an interest in singing, but I and, and then that following year, I joined a group called The Last Chapter, and we weren't acapella, but we were, but we, but I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I tried joining uh, the the advanced choir group called New Gen. Yeah. The thing is, with New Gen, you had to know how to read music. Oh, okay. That was a story. But the thing is that I have such a good ear that I can pick up music like that. Mm-hmm. And so I faked it. And uh, the only reason she didn't let me in is because my grades were bad. Oh. Because they were going to go on a lot of trips and stuff. Mm-hmm. They went to like St. Croix. They went out here to Cal. They were in mm-hmm. California. They went to like. All these other other places. Would you have to have like three or above? Uh, I was bad. Like yeah. my my GPA was like one point nine or oh, something. Shit. It was bad. Yeah. yeah, I was I wasn't a good student. And, That's uh, like how it was for sports too. At my yeah, because like I was very because the thing is that I was good at extracurricular activities, but my grades weren't good. Like they wanted me to play varsity football they wanted me to play uh varsity basketball they wanted me to be in you know all these other but i just didn't have the grades you know and 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 i didn't have the grades so i didn't have the confidence yeah you know because i wasn't it wasn't like i was stupid i just and like looking back i was like dude you know i should have buckled down because that school was like i think it was like about twelve thousand a year you know and like it was it was like super expensive but mm-hmm. 
I needed that experience yeah. because I was I was dealing with a lot of abuse at home. Yeah. So I needed to leave, you know. But like, uh, anyways, I I got involved with uh, this group called Last Chapter, mm-hmm. and uh, all, every song we did was an original composition. That's cool. And yeah, the guy who who basically headed that was this guy named Stephen Adetunbi. Mm-hmm. Very talented singer. Oh my God, super talented. Very, I mean, incredible songwriter. Even at fifteen. The dude was like just a, just the words, you know, like a fifteen-year-old, yeah, like can write this, this this music, you know, like looking back, like he had a song, um, he had a song, uh, oh, he's like he would quote from the Bible, but just being able to like, Im- like implement that very tactfully, mm-hmm. he's like uh, from a long time I've been told of stories that have been told of pe- of streets painted in gold. The fantasy, how can it be? And then the chorus is, No eyes have seen the glory, No ears have heard the wonder, No eyes have have, have received the splendor Of what we shall behold. Uh-huh. I'm you like, wrote this? That's a 15, yes. My God. 15-year-old wrote that. That's I'm crazy. like, dude, that is incredible. Yeah. You know, I was like, that, yeah. And, That's super um, impressive. Yeah, and, and like, and I, the thing, you know what's funny is that everybody in that class group we're li- we're actually legendary. Like people spoke about us when we left. They were like, because a lot of us were like children of like uh, of like Christian celebrities mm-hmm. and musicians and stuff like that. And so we're just like just this huge school of talent that we didn't think anything of it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And like uh, one dude, one dude uh, when he left high school, he he ended up opening up opening for Jars of Clay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And the dude was stupid talented. He was mm-hmm. playing like John Mayer in high school. You know, but like, uh, anyways, um, what is it? The, uh, um, we, we were like, you know, we were like really into it. But for me, I had such a passion for acapella. I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, I do, I want to sing acapella, you know, like let's do one song acapella. Right. And then, uh, Steven, um, at the time he didn't have confidence in his tone okay, cause he would do a lot of like, uh, runs. You know what that is, right? No, I don't. Well, basically you see somebody singing, they're like. Jesus, oh, that's a run. Oh, okay. And so when he would run, he would go off key and mm-hmm. then change the key of the song. And, and so so the piano is what held him, or kept him on key. Mm-hmm. And the reason I didn't like the piano is because Ian was a, was a classically trained pianist that played the piano too hard. Oh, okay. So, and the thing is that you couldn't really hear the group. Because mm-hmm. you'd play just like, you know, and yeah. I think I posted a video on Instagram, but, but uh, but basically, he was just like he, you know, and I had I had my issue with him, but we had a dude who was um, who is, to, even to this day, a musical genius. Mm-hmm. His name is Ezra Huggerbrooks, and this dude used to make these beats that just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, like like the talent pool was ridiculous in my school. Like I'm, I I know I'm sounding like I'm bigging it up, but like. Like, like looking back at really I'm was. looking like two of my friends make beats for cash money like yeah, that yeah. and we used to make beats together we used to like you know fuck mm-hmm. around but like anyways um, they make beats for like DJ Khaled and stuff like that yeah. these guys are super talented mm-hmm. anyways this dude named Ezra Huggerbrooks uh, we had to do a quinceanera oh no way <laughs> yeah and one of the songs Stephen wrote he wrote a secular version which was a love song mm-hmm and and the thing is is that we lost a chord there was no chord there was no electricity where we had the quinceanera and so we so they said we got to sing an acapella and they're like oh. well we there's no like everybody was like well there's no background to it it's mostly mm-hmm. piano and we were like oh man and Ezra was like hold on for a minute and he gets he gets on the uh, keyboard and he has this it's a simple acapella rendition mm-hmm. it's like Da, da, he's like do, 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 and I mean it was so dope and like ah oh god like I still I wish I could remember how he broke down the chorus mm-hmm. because the chorus he's like uh, the chorus was so um, different in terms of like theory mm-hmm. of the way the rest of the song went that you didn't think it matched but it matched perfectly and because the because like the uh the regular the regular verse was like basic like you know chord structure and then he did this thing where it's like where it's like do 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 I 
know that it's, it's in my head. I can't even uh-huh. explain it right. But he would basically make these really augmented sevenths and like these diminished seventh chords like within like the basic uh, major structure. Mm-hmm. And it was so like, it, it, it just blew my mind that yeah. music, like I was like, dude, I've never seen this before. You know what I'm saying? That you could like, I thought with like music, you, could, you only could be one dimensional because it's very mathematic, mm-hmm. but you can be like, you can actually go like both ways. You can yeah. actually mix them, especially because it's mathematic. You know, and I'm like, oh wow, because it because you build on that, mm-hmm. you know. And I le- I knew how to play the acapella version on piano, so I could teach other people. Eventually, I lost, I forgot how to play it, but we sang that like we sang that, and then we sang another song that Ezra just randomly like uh, he randomly uh, uh, what do you call it uh, arranged called okay. Little David Blowing Your Horn mm-hmm. or Blowing Your Heart or Heart Horn. And uh, we did it because we had to do, uh, we had to do a gig in Camp Kalakwa. Mm-hmm. It was oh, for, no way. <laughs> yeah, it was for a retreat, and it's like uh, I still remember my part. Little David, lay on, lay on your heart, hallelujah. Okay, I don't remember that well, but anyways, <laughs> it was just like that whole like. Uh, it was so oh, goodness. I'm like I'm like coming right now. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> like, it was just so like incredible. Like. I think what bothered me so much about it was the fact that Ezra would like literally shit something like that out mm-hmm. and then forget that he did it. What? Yeah, he would literally forget. Like we, like he play, he came up with that with the arrangement for that that song, and I would be sitting there playing it in front of him. He's like, "Yo, that's dope, man. What is that?" Like, nigga, you made it up. <laughs> what are you talking? He's like, "For real." Then he would take it and then make it even better. I'm like, dude, what is wrong with wow. you? <laughs> oh my god! Oh, and then uh, it was hilarious. And there was a, uh, and so like that was that was that. And then it wasn't until my junior year, I joined New Gen towards my the end of my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. My junior year, I met these two dudes named Jeremy and Sherwin. Yeah, they were cousins. And I, they went to the school too. They went to the school too. Yeah, they were roommates. Where you know in the dorm and stuff. And these are the first time I met two people who I had very good musical chemistry with. Yeah. You know, like like they they had, they had left you know where they were from in Atlanta and came down to Orlando, and they were with a group in Orlando in Atlanta. Oh. So they they were with an acapella group, mm-hmm. like specifically acapella. And I'm like, dude, I've been wanting to start one forever. And he's like, yeah, but you know, I got studies. And he was, I was like, whatever, dude. And, uh, and like, Jeremy was never somebody to commit to anything too much if he didn't see the benefit of it. But, uh, or see, like, he didn't know me that well. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until we started going on these new gen trips that he saw, like, how talented, he saw that my talent. We would sit in the back seat of the bus Mm -hmm. and we would just, like, dick around and, and sing music. And we sang like we 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 knew, we all knew this obscure acapella group. Yeah. And we knew this one song, and <laughs> we started singing that one song. And just we mixed that song and the song from Take Six together, and then the Miss Murphy was like, "All right, you guys are the backseat boys, and y'all gonna y'all gonna sing at this at this at this next concert." Uh-huh. And she just said it like that because we were that I mean we were that good. She was like, like everybody in in, in Nugent was that good where you'd be like, "All right." You got to learn the song in like an hour, and you got to sing it, perform it. Literally, literally, she she was like that with us. That's nuts. Yeah, <laughs> but and, that's that's great though. That's a great yeah. learning experience. Yeah, it was, it was, and uh, and um, and so I'm sorry. I know I'm like talking a lot, but like um, that's fine. The uh, so we did we did the backseat boys, and I did last chapter. I actually toured with last chapter. Oh. We were high school touring. We, wow. went, we went to Camp Alacqua. Were you getting paid for this stuff too? Uh, no. Okay. Dang, looking back, I didn't get paid for any of it. Yeah, but I mean, some high school, fun, I didn't have expenses. Yeah. 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 And what's funny is that, like, uh, I developed a name. Yeah. Like, uh, like they used to call me, like, you know, the baseman, and like they, they had me like sign autographs and stuff when I was like, you know, like seventeen, eighteen, mm-hmm. and stuff, which. Which I thought was cool, you know. I, they, we were at the camp, and like all these little kids came up to me, they're like, "Oh my God, can I have your autograph?" And That's little, so awesome. Yeah, it was super cool. Uh, matter of fact, a few years later, I was in the mall, mm-hmm. 
and some kid recognized me from the group. Wow. He's like, oh, that's the bass from last chapter. And I'm like, and I thought it was one of my homies. <laughs> and it was some kid, I, some Filipino kid I didn't recognize. That's so awesome. Yeah. And, uh, How he, were you guys getting exposure? Just internet? Um, no, internet wasn't, there was yeah, no YouTube was back say. then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the exposure came mainly from Ian and his mom. Mm-hmm. Mainly the people, like, because I was the only one that stayed in the dorm. So Ian and his mom, like, gave, got us a lot of gigs. Uh, I think Andre and his mom got us a lot of gigs. It was mainly those two mm-hmm. that got us a lot of gigs, from what I remember. And sometimes we get gigs from other places. But, but the thing is, is that the the, the church, the Adventist Church, is a very small community. Yeah. So if you play music and you're good, you're gonna go. You're gonna travel places, especially in a, in a place that has a lot of Adventist churches. You know, like uh, the thing is, is that like with Orlando, there's a lot of Adventist churches. There's a lot of churches. Yeah. But there's a lot of Adventist churches. So what we would do is that, like, a lot of us went to these different churches. So we'd be able to, like, hop around in these different churches, you know? So that was, that was like, the cool thing about mm-hmm. it, you know? And um, what is it? The, uh, um, so, yeah, that's how we, it was, dude, it was so easy, like, mute, like touring music in Orlando as an Adventist Christian musician is so easy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, even when I was down there playing guitar and singing, I was, I was get I was like going everywhere, you know what I'm saying? I was like, dude, I can have a gig like every Saturday. That's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. But uh what I wanted to really get into, I'm so sorry. I'm no, it's fine. Yeah. I um I did uh, uh so when I got like to like twenty twenty one, I met this mm-hmm. dude named Alex. And he really like uh he really I've always had a fascination with, with singing bass and getting low and stuff like that. And I kinda like kinda like introduced him to some like some basses. And he really got into it, you know, and we would like, you know, we would like make fun of stuff and just be like, yo, that dude's basing, man. Hear that guy. His voice is low and blah, blah, blah. And then um, I started getting like an obsession with acapella. And then I, I went away to college mm-hmm. and the group acapella, I don't know if you heard of them. There's a group named acapella. They came to my school and they started like, you know, they sang, they did a concert. And I spoke to this dude named Gary Miller, who's mm-hmm. uh, who was the bass. Oh, okay. He sounds like a damn subwoofer. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and I was like, dude, how do you get so low? And I was like, and, and I was like, when I talk to you, you don't sound like a bass. He's like, well, I'm actually a baritone. And <laughs> bass is always come easy to me. And the, and the lower you try to go, the lower you can go. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I just kept trying to do it. And I dropped my range uh, within a month, uh, about two octaves. Wow. Yeah, which is so, and then... Uh, so I was actually off the piano. Um, mm-hmm. I was like a C off the piano, and um, and uh, my full range was about six six octaves. You know, so yeah. it was which is like, which people are like that's not common. You know. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, most, like most common, like a big a, a large octave is like three and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, but I was I was like easily, you know, but but it wasn't that clear. It was like uh, it was like more like a vocal fry falsetto but bass. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was um, it was a trip, man. And then um, I heard that you can like uh, you can audition for acapella by sending them like a tape and a mm-hmm. resume and stuff like that. And so um, at the time, I had a, a little Mackie track board, and I I literally like recorded a bunch of music. I wrote music, and all acapella. Wow. And I would spend hours in front of the computer after work making up music. And then I sent them a CD with my resume and everything. And it never got back to me, right? How long ago was that? This is 2004. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, 2004, 2005, around that era. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was like, man, because I wanted to sing with them so bad. Because I wanted to be one of the few black basses they've ever had. Because they had like maybe one or two. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, I want to sing with them so bad. And then, um, what is it? Uh, I, you know, I just kind of like let it go. And then I joined a few acapella groups or whatever. And um, years down the road, I pick up guitar and I start playing guitar and singing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, I think I really want to record my album. But they're, you know, these people are charging me like 50 bucks an hour but I ended up following this girl named Melissa Lancaster. Mm-hmm. She's the daughter of Keith Lancaster, who's the founder of acapella. Oh, wow. And she said that it's like $15 an hour for a studio session in Nashville. And I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't I do that? 
And so I inboxed her. I'm like, hey, uh, can I, you know, come? She's like, yeah, come through. And she gave me her number. I'm like, dude, I have Melissa Lancaster's number. Like, <laughs> she, like, I nerded out. Freaking man. out, yeah. Oh, I nerded out so hardcore. And then, uh, and then I went up there to meet her. And, uh, and I was so, like, I was, I had such a fun time. And, um, I recorded my album and I told her, I was like, yeah. She was like, man, you have a really good voice. I was like, really? I didn't think you guys liked me. She's like, why not? Your voice is like incredible. I was like, yeah, I auditioned for you guys like five years ago and like you didn't, you never responded. She's like, what? He's like, yeah, I like, I like sent a CD to your, to your studio. But the thing is the CD that I sent to them was when they were in Paris, oh. in ten- Paris, Tennessee. Yeah. And the thing is, is that I sent the CD when they were transitioning from Paris, Tennessee oh, so it got to lost. Nashville. Yeah, so they never got to take That sucks. So, like, I was like, dude, I could have had an opportunity to sing with Acapella. And that that would have been, like, an, and so, like, um, I think there's a reason why I didn't get to sing with them. Anyways, I met these guys. They're all awesome people. I You know, I love them and stuff like that. I ended up staying with one of the bases from one of their brother groups called ABB. Oh, nice. Yeah, his name is Todd Dunaway. The guy is a beast bass. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I was hanging out there, and then, uh, and then I just kind of like um, I kind of learned, uh, I kind of just learned some things about the way Keith ran his uh, his his ministry mm-hmm. that I wasn't like too crazy about. I didn't judge him. I just like I was like that's not my thing, and uh, you know I kind of want to own my own music. I don't want to have to like write over the publishing rights to you, and then. I get like a quarter while you get like 75 cents on my money, you know, like, uh, yeah, I was like, that's not an opportunity to me, you know, so I just kind of like, you know, I was just like, but I still want the opportunity to sing and like tour with them. Yeah. You know, because like, I'm I'm like a legit still a fan, Mm -hmm. you know, they've been, they've been around for 30 years Mm -hmm. and yeah, I want to play one of their songs. Sure. Um. The guy who sings the bass on this is a black dude by the name of Robert Guy. And, uh, he's, uh, I don't even know if you can hear it or not, but. I can always edit it in, too. I don't know if you hear that rumble. <laughs> Quick close to your mic. You hear that rumble? Yeah. I want to get to the part where he just does this. He drops it. And Steve Reichel does like the lead. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> That's the part. That that bass, like, yeah. I was like, dude, like that's monster, man. Like, yeah. I, I was. I'm like, ah, that it was like it's like a bear snoring. Yeah, I was like, that is incredible. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, here's the thing: when I was there, hanging out with them, I'm like, dude, that is that is that's a that's a jumping song. Like, mm-hmm. you, it's like it's like catchy. What? And I was like, dude, how come you guys don't do that performance? And he told me the reason why they didn't at that time mm-hmm. was because. Uh, the song is about going to hell. Oh. <laughs> when you're there. Yeah. Who, who, oh, you say that you had no time to be in his great love divine. It's like a cautionary song. Right, right, right. So they don't want to sing that at a concert. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you don't want to be. Kind of a downer. Exactly. But he told me that. Literally, like, four years later, they started singing at a concert. Oh. I was like, that song is jumping, dude. Yeah. Because you got to think, people don't listen to lyrics that much. Mm. You know? Especially if the song is upbeat. Because the song is way upbeat for what it's talking about. But then again, like, the chords kind of, like, kind of, like, tell you what the music is about. Mm-hmm. The chords are a little dark, you know? Yeah. And, uh, whoo, whoo. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, very catchy. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, um... And I've had some like some some run-ins with acapella since I've been out here. Mm-hmm. I met this dude online by the name of Sam Robeson, and uh, he's a, a very talented um, Thomas Long Thomas Sam Robeson Longford. Mm-hmm. He's on YouTube. I mean, the guy is so talented, like in ter- like musically. And 
I immediately I bought his album. I was like, dude, I gotta buy it. Like it was like on Bandcamp or some website like that. And I and I friended him on Facebook, and I was like, dude, I think you're incredible. And literally a few months later, he had me team up with buddies of his from across the world, and we made a song. That's so cool. And uh, I don't think I don't think I showed you it, but I'll show you it. Um, um, and it was like me, and then um, like. And everybody in the video was from like like Europe. Uh, okay, here it is. Oh, there you are. Yeah. Yeah. Boston, England, France. I think France, England, England. Cali. Uh-huh. This is Sam. Okay. Yeah. This dude usually sings bass, mm-hmm. but I think they had me sing bass because I was lower lower him. I don't yeah. know why I did. But that guy sings in a group called uh Accent now and stuff. And yeah, I uh I uh, I think we went way over. But um No, it's fine. Yeah, I um Acapella is definitely like a passion of mine, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I still, I still, I still, I don't get into it as much as I used to, man. I used to get on this website called singers.com mm-hmm. and it would give you, give you a list of like, of like all the acapellas and it was like super dope, man. I had like, like, I mean, like I learned about a lot of groups like Sovo So, uh, I knew about Rockapella, but like. There's just a bunch of different groups. Like, there's another group called uh, Straight Company, mm-hmm. and they still perform, but you don't. They're not like huge. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, then then uh, Lady Blacksmith on Bowser. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah huge in acapella community. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of rock acapella though? Um, Did I think you I have. Carmen San Diego. When I was a kid, yeah. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? They sang that. That's rock acapella. No way. Yeah, that's cool. They, yeah, we go to Nashville to the. Yeah, they're known for uh, basically mocking, making rock music sound like yeah. Yeah, like a But uh, um, yeah. So, cause I have a show. I don't know what time it starts though. Cause it is eight o'clock. Yeah. Any like. Any final thoughts or stories about acapella? Um, I hope to one day start my uh, start an acapella group, or get or get or get the 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 uh, the what do you call it? Get the the tools to be able to um, uh, to record again. Yeah. Because you know? that man, that's like so dope. You know. I gotta go. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. that's fine. I think we got we got a good. Yeah. Good no, we stuff. got a lot. Yeah. We we're good. Yeah. We're good. Thank yeah. you, Dick.